Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Coming up in just a few minutes, speaking of a giant ripoff, zombies coming to invade your life. I'm going to tell you what you need to know and how to protect yourself. And coming up yet later... There's a scam working parking lots. I need to tell you what you need to be on the alert for as you're out and about. So in our never-ending saga of talking about movie discounts, (laughs) I got something new for you. So I'd say the most polarizing company of the last two years that we've dealt with on our show is MoviePass that is now in suspended animation. And they had a competitor named Cinemia in suspended animation. Basically, both of these um, effectively out of business. They both promised you the ability, if you were a movie lover, to go to the movies a lot. And their plans didn't work, but they have now taught the movie theater industry, an important lesson, and that is if you offer people a full meal deal, like an unlimited trip to the buffet, a lot more people will go to the buffet. In this case, a lot more people going to the movies because the movie theater industry has faced a stagnation and steady decline where the number of people going to the actual movie theater has gone down, 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 is more and more people get nice televisions in their homes and get the sound systems. They're like, hey, it's good enough to watch on my own sofa and watch it later. I'm not going to go see a current movie generally. So the movie business has become dependent on blockbuster movies, not the blockbuster chain, movies that are huge budget movies that are... Uh, that have an entire publicity campaign with them that for people who are into something like the Avengers when that came out, that they're, they got to be at the theater. But there are a few of those, and you got to run those theaters day after day after day. So the first one who really smelled the coffee of where the industry needed to go was AMC. And AMC, I've talked about for a while, was Stubbs A-List, where you pay a monthly subscription, and depending on where in the country you live, it's 20 or so dollars a month, and you can go to three movies a week, week after week, all year long. So then Regal, which had stayed quiet for a while, now has come out with their program, it's 18 to 24 dollars a month and it depends on where you live in the country what price point you pay between 18 and 24 but with it you have essentially unlimited movies that you can watch through a month every single month and so you're able to make reservations generally so you know you're going to get into that hot movie as it opens and you're all set at these two chains and i think the remaining chains will consider moving to an all-you-can-eat kind of deal or like 
A-list, you know, the A-stubs where you have three movies a week. That's a lot of movies. And it is the way you're going to get people back in the theater. You'll have to decide if you join one of these things, are you really going to go to the movies? If you don't go to the movies, then you'll have to rethink being a member of one of the programs. Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mike. Hi, Clark. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Well, it's great to have you here, Mike. How can I serve you? Uh, well, uh, I had uh, forwarded some information earlier. My wife and I are expecting our first child. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I didn't really know what uh, what Grace was until I saw my wife pregnant. So um, it's been uh, it's been something. Well, great. And do you know if you're having a boy or girl, or is that a secret? Yep. No, it's not a secret. It's a little girl, and uh, uh, her due date is Friday, so it could be any day now. Wow. All right, so store up all the sleep you can get right yeah, now. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I, basically, anything that I can, any coherent thoughts I need to get out before Friday. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but in any case, uh, we're older. I'm 46, and she's 40, and, I, you know, we've had no use for life insurance until now. And I've heard you talk about, you know, different life insurance plans and policies, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, also being older, it means that we've, you know, collected, you know, a fair number of assets. Uh, you know, we've been very fortunate in that way. And um, also we live pretty simply here in upstate New York. Uh, and so when I'm looking at term life policies, you know, I'm not really sure that that's, you know, something that ten, is 10 times my income, as I've heard you, you know, or our combined income for that matter, that I've heard you talk about, you know, for a, a, a long period of time is really something that we need to pursue. Well, so except, kind of okay, let's look at what you're trying to ensure. Uh, I would yeah. say that I respectfully disagree with you on not having needed it for just the two of you, because... Uh, each of you would have benefited from having a policy on the other's life in the event that one of you faced untimely demise. In this case, there's a really uh, strong case to be made that you'd have an insurance policy for the benefit of your little girl and that would provide for her needs in the event of the untimely passing of either or, or tragically both of you um, it would be great to know that you had peace of mind that she was well taken care of financially. Of, of course. But, I mean, I guess at what point do you consider yourself to be self-insured? Well, if you have millions and millions of uncovered assets, then you're fine. If you didn't want to have insurance that what's referred to as insurable need is used a couple of different ways, but... In a case where you are independently wealthy, where there'd be no issue in terms of providing for uh, two out of the three of you or one out of the three of you, then that would be a case where there would not necessarily be a purpose or need to buy the insurance. Right. Yeah, I guess I'm just trying to decide where the line for that, you know, that would be. All right, so uh, let know, me get I, ghoulish for a minute, which I hate to do when you have this bundle coming, of joy coming in just a couple of days, but you're asking right. the question, so i got to go there, okay? Yeah, sure. All right, so 
one of you passes away, and then you have this young child. There's then going to be expenses of taking care of the child while the other parent's working, and there's going to be unexpected expenses and a reduction in income with one income instead of two. Right. So that's the simple math about why having a term life insurance for, let's say, 20 years would make perfect sense. They would cover your daughter until she's 20 and would cover both of you as parents through the most of the remainder of your working lifetime. And the great thing is these policies are really cheap. Right. And so if you bought one, uh, you would want to have your own, your wife would want to have her own, and you name the other as beneficiary, and you can. there are arrangements you can make where in the event that you both died, that there would be a trust set up for the benefit of your child. So just pie-in-the-sky kind of thinking, I guess, but if you were able to amass, you know, 10 times your income, uh, you know, so that, you know, which would be exactly what the insurance would replace, right. would you still then recommend getting the insurance? That's personal choice. Okay. So if you are if you're already saving the max you can in retirement accounts, you're putting aside money for rainy day. I mean, you sound like you live well beneath your means. You may not have any need for a term life insurance policy. So that really is a a call for you to make. The other thing I'd say that I'm asked so often right when a child's coming into the world is are your wills up to date? Or should you have your wills looked at? Should you make sure that you have made proper arrangements in the event of your passing? Who would take care of your child? You want to make sure your daughter is well taken care of, not just with money, but with who would raise her. So maybe life insurance is not, term life insurance is not important right now. But the other things, making sure that you have made proper arrangements in the event something would go wrong that those are made properly. Ken is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Ken. Hi, Clark. Ken, you have a question for me. As one of the 150 million adults that Equifax (laughs) was so generous to make sure crooks had all your personal information. That's correct. Aren't they a giving kind of organization to say to criminals, here, have all this information on 150 million Americans. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where do you fit in the Equifax puzzle? Well, I recently got an email from uh, my stockbroker saying that uh, basically I might, uh, they might owe me something or owe me some money or, you know, whatever. And they provided a a uh, website to go to to find out so i did that and you know i put in my the last six digits of my social security number and my uh, last name for both myself and my wife both of us turned up as being impacted uh they don't specifically go into how i might have been impacted they kind of leave that up to us i guess to figure that out and that's kind of why I wanted to reach out to you because it, it, it sounded like a perfect opportunity because I had not heard anyone uh, on TV or on the radio uh, mentioning that this 
uh, settlement had occurred and that people who were impacted should be doing anything or uh, following any particular course of action. So the way the the settlement works is if you have suffered real demonstrable financial harm mm -hmm. and you can provide information about that, receipts, that kind of thing, that there's a payment up to $20,000. Now, you obviously don't come under that category. Not that I know of. Because you didn't even know (laughs) there was an issue. So... Where you're left is with a choice of filing for uh, some money from Equifax for you paying somebody to monitor your credit or whatever, or have credit monitoring from Equifax. And so there's, there's not a lot here for you, but let me tell you what is important. If both you and your wife's information are on the system, is having had your information breached, Credit monitoring is pretty much useless to you because all it's telling you is, uh, uh uh-oh, somebody's out there using your information. What's better to do is something, I don't know if you ever heard of something called credit freeze. Mm -hmm. Yep, I've heard you speak to it often. Right, so credit freeze is the action the two of you should take. And the good news is it's now completely free to set up a credit freeze. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't now, affect the, any of the credit you already have. Uh, does it in, impact uh, use of credit that we have? Not at all. Makes okay. no difference. It's only about applying for new credit, which mm-hmm. is what okay. you don't want a criminal doing is without your knowledge, they're out there applying for credit as if they're you, and then you're having to clean up a mess. Changes mm-hmm. nothing with the credit you already have. Okay. Now, they also mentioned something about dark web monitoring. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you don't yeah. think that's worth the Yeah, I the mean, that that's makes good television commercials. Uh, so okay. your, all that means is your personal information that's out there is being traded on various marketplaces by crooks or people who want to become crooks to use that information to buy things as if they're you, apply for credit as if they're you, impersonate you in different ways, and don't fret about that. So doing the credit freeze is the most important thing that you and your wife can be alerted that you need to do. And I would suggest doing that, set aside 15 minutes each to do it, and get that done because that's the best peace of mind that exists. Today's Clark Regis moment has a special, special warning for you reaching far into your past, causing chaos and havoc in your present and future. Do you know what zombie debt is? Zombie debt is where a company, I use that term company loosely, sleazoids go out and buy old, old, old credit card debt, or other kind of debts from who knows where, many times from a bank, no questions asked, they'll buy debt that can be as old as 25 years old. And they'll pay a fraction of a penny on each dollar for that. Well, old debts can't be sued against. But I need to make sure you know, and there are warnings on this popping up all over the country, that there are sleazoids In the debt buying industry, buying these old, 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 known as zombie debts that are contacting people and saying, 
all kinds of clever phrases saying, wouldn't you like to settle this old debt? And they'll say, a dollar will remove this debt from our books, or $5 or whatever. It's a trick. Because in many states, if you pay even one cent against an old debt, could be from 25 years ago, it makes it as if it's a new debt that happened yesterday that you can be sued against. Never, 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 not ever agree to any partial payment against an old debt because it will come back to life. I'm so glad that you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Hey, I got something for you right here. Come over here. I got something that's going to help you out. You ever heard that before? You know, somebody will say that to you in a parking lot or you'll be at a red light and somebody will say something to you. Well, Nicole from Team Clark is here with us because you have a relative yes. who got a pitch recently that many of us have actually gotten in shopping center parking lots, hotel parking lots, restaurant parking lots. How does it go, Nicole? So my sister-in-law was in a grocery store parking lot. And basically, someone drove up beside her and said that he noticed that she has dents in her car. And he said, I can fix them for you. He said, "Okay, who doesn't have a dent in their car if it's got any number of years on it? Exactly. Yes. So this is a moneymaker for them. So he said that, you know, if she takes it to a body shop, it'll be twelve hundred to fourteen hundred dollars. And he can do it for one sixty. So he can save her a lot of money. He said he worked for a car manufacturer and he was going home to fix his wife's car. And he was off early because he was going to his daughter's birthday something and he can do hers really quickly and save for a bunch of money. And so what did your sister-in-law do? Well, she looked over at his car and saw that his car was beat up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that is funny. So she wondered to herself, if you can do all of this body repair, why haven't you done your own car? Right. And she politely said, no, thank you. Asked for his business card. He said he didn't have a business card, but he's always around in the parking lots to fix cars (laughs) and that she can probably catch him on another day. And he drove off. Okay. So the reason I want you to tell this story, Nicole, is this thing with the people who come up to you in the parking lots who say they'll magically fix dents in your cars? It's been around at least 10 years, and it is, it is an old, to call it a scam is too strong a word. Let's call it a scheme, and she just smelled a rat. Yes, she did. And when should you pay somebody, some absolute stranger who comes up to you in a parking lot and says they're going to make these dents in your vehicle magically disappear, when should you hire that person? Never, ever, ever. That is right. So she made the right decision. There are people listening to you, me right now who are like, oh, I did that. I paid that person. And it's just, it's so appealing. You know, I have a vehicle that's got some dents on it. I took it to get an estimate what it would cost to repair. And it was like $1,800. So of course, I didn't do the repair, so I'm riding around with the dents. Mm-hmm. And so I would be susceptible to somebody saying that, but the answer is just say no, right? Just say no, yes. 
Well, that is great advice. And thank you for sharing her story and her wisdom with us here on the show. Thank you. And Mark is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Mark, you ever had somebody come up to you in a parking lot and say, hey, I can fix that right there? No, not that, but other things oh, <laughs> all the time. What, what kind of things have people come up to you about? Oh, you know, um, I actually had that happen uh, last week. They wanted to sell me some jewelry. And I said, no, thank you. Wait, somebody <laughs> came up to you in a parking lot and said, hey, I got some jewelry here. You want to buy some? Uh, I drove up in a car, and I was sitting, and they uh, came up and asked me for jewelry, books, all kinds of different things. I usually say no thank you and move on. <laughs> right now, I've got an uh, old uh, one. Do you remember when people used to come up next to you at a red light, and they'd say, hey, buddy, you want some speakers? Oh, uh, yes. You never had that one. I, I must look like somebody who really loves music because I used to have people come up to me next to me on the road and say, hey, got some speakers here in the back of the van. <laughs> Not speakers, but other things. All right. Yeah. Well, well, how can I be of service to you, Mark? Well, thank you for having me on the show. This is a great opportunity to talk to you, um, Clark. Um, I'm getting a small inheritance, and I'm looking into invest, and I've been looking into the um, medical marijuana investment i'm looking at some information at this particular time and i wanted to know if you know anything about the um the industry at this particular time i'm getting a lot of information regarding this is a good time to get in it is not a good time to get in unless it's money that you can kiss goodbye okay that you know when you have an industry that is at the early stages that both the marijuana business and in states where it's medical marijuana only where these businesses are still basically, they're infants. They're right. not even children yet. And so mm-hmm. it, is, it is a very unstable industry. Right. And so anybody investing in somebody else's marijuana business or medical marijuana business, you are, you are doing so in a very high-risk venture. And the odds of you losing money are extremely high. So this is not, um, I don't even look at it as normal investing. I look at it as more speculative than normal investing. And it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be people who do well in the business. That was such a negative way of saying that. There will Mm -hmm. be people who eventually do well in the business but we are way before even the the first meaningful shakeout in the business right and the laws are still moving targets and and how the federal government responds to this we're still in such a um a stage that it's experimental being in the industry that unless you had money that you would lose no sleep over losing, I would stay way away from investing in any medical marijuana business. No, I can't do that. Well, I was watching one um, a video, and I kind of read between the lines, and it said this particular company has the full backing of the federal government. And really? I kind of, I suggest that it's insurance. I, I'm guessing it's investment that it's probably insurance who's going to insure the miracle 
marijuana. Of course, I have to purchase something to get the information, the book. But yeah, you, any uh, anybody pitching you any of these private placements, don't bother watching the videos. Don't ask for their book. Don't ask for their literature. Just right. stay away from any of this. This is money you inherited that you want to have for your life moving forward. And going into something that is uh, risky and you don't know who these people are pitching it or anything like that, this is not for you. So stay far away from any kind of investment in that. And time will time will uh, will filter out who's going to make it, who's going to be successful, and who's not. But this is not that time. Emily's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Emily. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Emily. You got a question for me about trying to make a financial move in your life. Yes, I'm curious what your opinion is. Um, I am a physician assistant. I graduated almost about a year and a half ago. Um, have significant student loan debt um, that came with that, but... I have a good credit score. My husband has a good credit score. We rent a house currently. We've been renting for probably like three years. And, I mean, we definitely don't want to rent forever. We'd love to consider home ownership at some point. But we, we do have some savings that is not enough for a substantial down payment. But whenever I've looked into, like, no money down some loans, Basically, what I'm finding is because of my salary now, out of school, I really don't qualify for any of that. Let's talk through okay. the bigger <laughs> picture, if we could. Okay. All right. So, first of all, thank you for becoming a PA, because <laughs> you as a physician's assistant and the others becoming nurse practitioners are creating what's going to be primary care medicine in the United States. You're the future. Right. And, you know, doctors coming out of medical school, overwhelmingly, none of them want to be primary care doctors. Right. So you're it. You're, you're who's going to be there for us. So the income available to you moving forward is going to be good, too. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your personal picture. How much is the student loan debt? So right now, it's like a, right about 130000 Okay, that's a lot. Yes. And your earning power per year now is a PA is how much? Right now, my current job is about 88 um, before taxes. Okay. I will tell you that I think you, as much as you'd like to go ahead and get in a home, mm-hmm. it would be a better idea for you really to focus on paying down your loan balance, not just servicing the interest on the 130, but really mm-hmm. be all about paying down that right. debt. Mm-hmm. Because at that level of debt, you're taking on too much anxiety into right. your life and too much risk buying a home. I know you feel like you're spinning your wheels paying that rent. Right. <laughs> but, it, you know, something that's worth doing sometimes takes time. Mm-hmm. And I think that you and your husband should come up with a plan. Does mm-hmm. he have any student loan debt? No, he um, he has a car payment, but that's it. He doesn't have any other debt. Wonderful. So I think the two of you should sit down with what he earns, what you earn, and come mm-hmm. up with what your plan is mm-hmm. to pay down this 130 I didn't say pay off before you buy right. a home. 
Right. But I'd say pay down because that would be a dangerous situation to put yourselves into to have an income of 90 before tax and a mm-hmm. student loan debt of 130. Right. How much are you paying right now per month? On the 130, uh, it's like right under 1500. Okay, so at 1500, that's 18,000 a year. So mm-hmm. that's a is that an 11 year payoff on that? It's a 10 year and ten I'm year. um I'm I've completed one year. All right. So are you at a point financially where you could pay a little extra principal on that or is this what you're paying is what you can afford in your budget right now? Well, actually, I'm about to pay off my car. I have one payment left on my car, and so we're going to start putting the money that was going towards my car payment. Some of that's going to start going towards extra for my student loans. All right. See, now you're talking Clark language. (laughs) That's great. So here's what I'd like. I'd like you to set a goal Mm -hmm. that when the loan balance on the student loans drops to 80, that's when you buy the home. Because then you'll have student loan debt that every dollar you pay, more and more of it's going to principal. Mm-hmm. You'll be well on your way to it being manageable in your life. Mm-hmm. And that would be the target. If you could think about going from 130 okay. to 80, and once you've got that 50 paid in in principal, that's when you green light buying a home. And mm-hmm. every dollar you put towards it, that's another dollar that will never have a penny of interest on it ever again. I think as much as you'd like to get into a, a lower no down payment mortgage and all that, don't put that on your shoulders. Put your whole goal, your whole focus on getting this debt down. And with the career you've chosen and the income you're going to have going forward, you're going to have a really solid, positive financial life in front of you. Just not quite yet. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kathy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Kathy. You get to go on a cruise somewhere. Yes. I, my girlfriends and I are planning a, an all-girls uh, cruise for, to celebrate a birthday, and we want to go next year, so 2020, and we're pretty flexible, either September or October, and we are all based in Southern California, so we were thinking about doing the Los Angeles to Catalina to Ensenada, just a short cruise. But I don't know where to start looking for which cruise lines would give us the best deal. I wanted to get your advice on that. All right. So first of all, do you know you're brilliant looking at September, October, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
because that is one of the cheapest times of each year to go on a cruise. Yes, I did know that. So we're trying to be intentional and keep the cost down. All right. So I wanted to tell you something that may surprise you. You may be able to get a seven night for roughly equivalent to what you'd pay for a four night cruise going in September, October. Okay, great. So I don't know if all of you have the time that you could do seven nights, but you may find that that's going to be a great deal opportunity for you. The other thing is you may find that there's a deal so cheap that you could even go on one of the cruises out of South Florida that goes to the Caribbean and get a good enough deal that it even will deal with the fact you have to buy airfare to fly across the country. Okay. So the beauty of you having over a year to plan this is what's going to make this so possible for you. So one of you should find a cruise-only agent. You know, there are agents that all they do is book cruises. They know the lines. They know the deals. And because you have the flexibility of September, October, the prices for an individual ship go up and down by the week based on demand that exists for each week. And so you tell that cruise agent just what you told me. You're looking for either month. You're looking for a cruise. Your first choice would be to go on one of the ones out of Los Angeles. This is your criteria. And you just want to know which one's got the best deal going. And it's not at all unusual that the same ship can be a third the cost one week what it is the next week. Wow. Okay, so what is the best way for me to find, should I just do kind of like a Google search to find the cruise-only agent, and should it be somebody who's based in Southern California, or does it matter? Yes, it's better for you to have somebody local. Now, Now, as an alternative, you know who books massive numbers of cabins now and is such a huge presence in California is Costco. Costco. I didn't think about Costco. Okay. Costco travel rebates a lot of the commission back to the member. So, you know, because they can only make so much profit on each sale. So they just give the money back to the member. So if you don't find somebody you're thrilled with locally, and instead of doing a Google search, I'd do, I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about DuckDuckGo. Yes, I have. I would do DuckDuckGo to try to find a local cruise agent. And if you don't find somebody you really mesh with, give Costco Travel a try and see what they can come up with you. And, you know, Costco's got that mentality. They they understand their members want deals. So you won't have to explain yes. too much about the fact that you're looking for a deal. And I bet you'll find a great one with the parameters you laid out because you're going at the bargain time of year. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.